A Catholic bishop was doing missionary work in a foreign country. One day he happened to be having a conversation with a Muslim man, well-educated Muslim man. The Muslim said to him at one point in the conversation, I don't understand your Catholic beliefs about the Eucharist. How is it possible for bread and wine to change and become the body and blood of Christ? It seems to me that's impossible. The bishop paused for a few seconds to gather his thoughts, and he responded to the man by saying, You were very small when you were born, but you didn't stay that way, did you? You physically grew because, in a certain sense, your body changed the food you ate into flesh and blood. Well, if your own body can transform bread and wine into flesh and blood, then so can God. In fact, God can do it far more easily. The Muslim shot back, but how is it possible for Jesus to be wholly and entirely present in such a little host? Bishop answered, look for a moment around you at the landscape before you and think how much smaller your eye is in comparison to it. Yet within your very small eye is an image of that vast countryside. Isn't it possible for God to do in reality what is done in us by way of likeness or image? Finally, the Muslim said, But how is it possible for the same body of Christ to be present at the same time in all your churches and in every consecrated host? Bishop responded, Nothing is impossible with God. And that answer ought to be enough for us. It ought to suffice. But the physical world also gives us an insight into this phenomenon. For example, he said, Take a mirror and throw it on a hard floor it will immediately break into many, many pieces. But amazingly, each piece of that broken mirror can carry the same image that the whole mirror formerly reproduced. Likewise, in the very same way, Jesus reproduces himself in each consecrated host, not as a mere likeness, but in reality. Therefore, he is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in every one of them, in every host. Brothers and sisters, when we pause to reflect on the Holy Eucharist, which Catholics all over the world are doing on this Corpus Christi Sunday, whenever we do that, we need to make a very important distinction. It's a distinction between the faith, capital T, capital F, and our faith, with a lowercase o and a lowercase f. What the bishop shared with that inquisitive Muslim man was the faith, capital T, capital F. With the help of some, some very good analogies, the bishop made clear to him exactly what the Catholic Church believes and teaches about this sacrament. When Jesus said, for example, as we heard in today's Gospel, this is my body and this is my blood, the Catholic Church maintains that Jesus meant exactly what he said. He wasn't speaking symbolically, he wasn't speaking metaphorically, as some of our Protestant brothers and sisters believe. And the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church's position is certainly verified in Scripture, in passages like John chapter 6, where Jesus makes it very clear and realistic about the Holy Eucharist. 
He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in you. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Now you might ask the question, did this Muslim man become a believer after his conversation with the bishop? We don't know. But quite frankly, he probably did not. The bishop's very good analogies, his excellent efforts to explain the faith, probably did not bring this man to personal belief in Christ in the Eucharist, at least not right away. That's why I said when it comes to this sacrament, we must always distinguish between the faith and our faith, in other words, our personal faith. For a Catholic, of course, the two should be identical. They should be the same thing. What the Church officially teaches about the Eucharist and the Catechism should be exactly what we believe personally in our own heart. Our personal faith should be the faith. But it might not be. In fact, the polls indicate that it's quite common these days for members of the Church to reject certain aspects of Catholic Eucharistic teaching. That's a tragedy. But it's the case. It's reality. And these people usually manifest their rejection by their actions. Catholics, for example, who receive the Eucharist at weddings and funerals down at Christ Episcopal Church and at other Protestant churches, those people clearly do not fully embrace Catholic teaching on the Eucharist. Catholics who come to communion after missing Mass on a Sunday or Holy Day without good reason and without going to confession first, clearly they do not embrace the Church's teaching on the Eucharist fully. Catholics who need to have their marriages validated and who still come to communion do not embrace the Church's teaching on the Eucharist fully. Catholics who fornicate, masturbate, contracept, or commit some other serious mortal sin and come to communion without repenting and going to confession first, they do not accept the Church's teaching fully on the Eucharist. This is the state of affairs right now in our land, in our world. My prayer is that this Mass is that this situation will change where it needs to change. Here in our own country, in our community, and throughout the world. Because the graces of the Eucharist are awesome, and the graces of the Eucharist are many. But those graces only become operative within us to the extent that we accept the Church's teaching and act accordingly. Or to put it in another way, if we want all the blessings that come from receiving Holy Communion, the faith, must be our faith.